Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Post Traumatic Survival Podcast, a show that helps you rewire your brain to survive and thrive. Join your host, Ozzy Martinez Jr., a Marine, a combat disabled vet, husband, and father, as he shares his firsthand knowledge and experience of hitting rock bottom, almost ending it all, and then turning it around. Dive into the rewired minds of thriving survivors. This show is an in-depth look at post-traumatic survival. And now, Ozzy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in. I hope everybody's having a great start to their week. If you're listening to it on Monday, the day I release it, I am super excited to have this next guest on right now. His name is Ray Cash Care. Uh, me and him had gone back and forth in a volley of, uh, you know, I want you on the show. And he's like, I don't rate to be on your show. You know, I, I, I don't feel like I've had that combat uh, trauma like you guys have had and this and that. And, you know, eventually, I guess he started realizing um, that it's not just about combat. This show's definitely not guided just for combat. I've already had a cancer survivor, breast cancer survivor on here. I had a civilian young lady that lost her legs after getting a date rape drug given to her um, in a railroad. Uh, they, they left her for dead in the railroad tracks. The train came over and ran over her legs. And that's how she lost her legs on her 21st birthday. And uh, so, you know, she, she came on the show. This is trying to make it relatable. All the trauma is relatable. You know, um, people have heard me talk about how I've, uh, I've dealt with, you know, childhood experiences as well. You know, I believe my trauma began back then. I, mm-hmm. I remember being eight, nine years old and my dad, you know, is, uh, my dad passed away when I was 20, but my dad is, was six, two. My mom is five feet tall and my dad would come in drunk sometimes and I would hear the fights and it would get physical, you know? And I remember jumping on the bed and saying, no, you're going to hit me, not her, you know? And, and, and then eventually one day he did turn on me. And I ran, remember running towards the bedroom that day. And, you know, eventually my mom at the age of 10, 11, finally decided I'm done with this shit and divorced my dad. And my dad would break into our house sometimes and uh, steal her phones because he thought she was calling people. My, my mom didn't date anybody afterwards. I mean, he remarried before she did. You know, he, he started dating before she did when they broke up. And, uh... You know, me and my dad had a horrible, horrible relationship to the point where, like I, I, I mentioned in my last interview, that uh, I didn't speak to him for the four years, four, four years, good four years before he died. And uh, he didn't even know I enlisted in the Marine Corps and I was supposed to leave to boot camp. And I find out he died in a free accident trying to save one of his workers down in the beach. He, he literally tried. He died as a hero. And, uh, but I hadn't spoken to my dad because of his alcoholism, his, uh, you know, his, his, the way that he was physical, not just with my mom, but then, you know, other women that he was with afterwards. And I don't want to bash the man, you know, I still love him. He was my dad, but mm-hmm. growing up to that, I think that's what pushed me so much to be a Marine because I constantly saw failure and constantly saw things that were horrible examples of the man or father, because, you know, when, when they got divorced, he wouldn't, he'd say, he'd pick us up on the weekends. We'd wait with our bags. He wouldn't pick us up. And 
all that stuff, you know, and I, and I, I, I felt like I joined the Marines because I was like, I wanted to know what, find an example of a, or be taught to be this great man, leader and mm-hmm. everything, you know? And, uh, I ended up, you know, like I said, enlisting at 20, turned 21 in boot camp, And, uh, I, I believe I did, you know, I believe I found, I believe I found that model of a man in, I, I could say over 50 individuals I've met. You know, and I molded them all into to one and, and, and I grabbed from them and and I tell people that's why I was dying to have you on the show. Yes, I preach about the overcome mindset because that's the one that really I gravitate to a lot. But there's not one medicine for PTSD. There's not one medicine for other, you know, ailments. And I've always wanted individuals to learn about the conquer mindset. I speak about it. I speak about Jimmy Hatch's book, Touching mm. the Dragon. I tell everybody that it's gotten to the point where I grabbed the fucking dragon and it's become my yeah. service dragon. We go right. places together, you know? And I want to I wanna find out, Ray, what is it? And because I've been rambling now for five minutes, what is mm. it, man, that finally triggered you and said, you know what, Oz? Because when I got that text message, I was like, oh, shit, I got goosebumps when I got that text message. Because I was like, something happened. Something hit him that said, you know yeah. what? My story can help. My story can. I mean, what, what was it, brother? It was, uh, what well, was Jason Redmond? All right. You know, obviously a mutual friend of ours. We were uh, doing what Jason and I do. We like to, you know, have a drink here and there and uh, smoke a cigar by the fire. And, uh, you know, I told him, I told him flat, I said, you know, Ozzy keeps asking me to go on and I just keep telling him no. And, uh, you know, the PTSD I have really isn't from the SEAL teams. It's, it's from before and it's from after when I did something with a group that I don't talk about. Um, but when I got diagnosed with, you know, Jason knows this, when I got, you know, I'm a hundred percent disabled vet, I got diagnosed from PTSD when the doctor was asking me about my childhood, she literally was like, and I don't use this word. She was like, Jesus, uh, you have more, I'm diagnosing you with more PTSD from the violence and the murder and this and that than as a seal. And I, obviously when I was going through this, I was working for the agency and I didn't, I couldn't tell her any of that, that it happened post, you know, chow halls blowing up and people dying and, uh, you know, I just, Jason and I, you know, sometimes when we drink, uh, some of the skeletons come out of the closet, just me and him talking. And he was like, brother, you got to share your story because, you know, I consider myself an accountability coach, not a motivational coach and a pain coach. Um, because my motto of pain is pain equals growth, growth equals power, power equals knowledge and knowledge equals profit. And Jason said, well, you're, you know, you're not, I don't know if I can cuss. He said, you're an effing yeah, hypocrite can. because yeah, he said, you're a fucking hypocrite. And I was like, what'd you say to me? And he goes, because, you know, what you went through as a child is pain and you've profited from it and you're helping people. So, um, you know, and, and Jason's smart, you know, I mean, obviously I, I worked with Jason when he's enlisted and he's an officer. He, uh, he's a very intellectual young man because he's a few years younger than me. And, um, but when he said it, it hit home and I was like, you know, you're right. You're right. He was like, your story, cause not everybody, you know, I can't talk about what happened post seals, but when I was in the seal teams, there wasn't a lot going on, but I don't claim to be a, a freaking war hero either. Uh, but he was like, there are more people that are going to be able to, to resonate and relate to you from the childhood of the abuse and many different avenues than they are going to be because a lot of people aren't combat veterans. So right then and there, I texted you and I was like, you know what? And know, and I was, you could have told me to go to hell. And I was like, listen, let's do this. And here I am, brother. Listen, that's man, it. You, you mentioned something at the beginning that it was like you, you, you were your accountability, 
You like to mm-hmm. call yourself an accountability coach. Yes. And I, without even like asking you to, or it's almost like you bait it that way. And I don't know if you notice, it goes live and I'm constantly on your live. You've become my accountability. You know, like, Appreciate, yeah. I, I, so you're, you're 100%. I appreciated when you sent me that text because I was like, okay, shit, man, this, it's about to get real because now we're finally going to talk and we're finally going to really help people. You know, um, what is it, brother? What is it that, 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 that is, that, that I tell people that you look, the way I look at it is that you're looking at a mirror mm-hmm. and you see yourself. Yep. And your problems are all these blurry things around you. Mm-hmm. And like for me, when I first finally realized everything, I saw my past and then I looked down, I saw my medications, I saw the coke yep. I was doing. That's when I started seeing everything clear, my problems. Yep. But what is it in that conversation with Jay or what is it that, that it, what's in that mirror behind you, man, that it is that, that that's haunting you or, or bothering you that's giving you that trauma? Well, you know, it's funny is, you know, Jay talks about life ambushes and getting off the X and I talk about getting mortared because I've been mortared before and that's no fun for anyone. Um, that's a story that happened to me in Iraq. And uh, literally, you know, long story short, I grew up single family, uh, grew up with my father, who's a biker, hellraiser, drinking, womanizer, very abusive. Um, he was in an accident where he got air leaked into his brain and he was Irish and he was a fighter and he'd take his his shit out on me. Um, so I developed a defense mechanism of lying, trying to lie my way out of getting beat with a belt when I got out of the tub and this and that. But, you know, I tell people I'm a Jerry Springer story. Um, and you know, we talk about what you're talking about is self-reflection when you look in that mirror. And so my first, uh, mortar was when my father was murdered from me, he was murdered and I had to go live with my mother who really didn't want me. But the second one was when and I was I, 19. And at what age uh, was that, brother? I was 11. So 11. I was 11. I, I was in Dundalk, Maryland, and I, which was in a great part of town. And I moved out to Reisterstown, where I lived, which wasn't another great part of town. I'm from Maryland. Um, and as time goes by, you know, I'm doing okay in school. You know, I was a jock, but I didn't care about school. One thing I would tell every listener if they have kids is if you could, if you have, my only regret is school. I wish I would have applied myself more. Yep. Um, and that is not that is not a paid thing that I'm supposed to say. It's just the one. It's my one regret. Um, and then my, you know, going through school, going through the motions, drinking, drugs, fighting all the time. Went to community college. Came back one night from a bar. Shouldn't have been drinking. Or excuse me. Shouldn't have been driving because I was just you know shit housed in every aspect. Um, you know, you talked about it. That's what resonates with me is when you look in the mirror. And I do this now because I have coaching clients all over the country and world right now. And it's a self-reflection drill that they do. Because when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see me. You know, you saw the Coke and you saw the pain pills. And I can relate with that with being a, a vet. Um, I saw my father. And I didn't like what I saw. You know, I didn't. I, and I knew that if I didn't change like Lily Cold Turkey, that I was either going to go to jail or I was going to get, you know, die. Because he was murdered. Um, and right then and there is where I came up with you know, it started with the conquer mindset. Now it's the, uh, I talk, I call it attack the hill and it's this simple. You know, I watch my F bombs when I'm on a podcast, but this is, this is how I get through life. Um, I've got four non-negotiables family. I, I like F bombs, family, fitness, finance, faith. I've got them right there. The hand of time. Time is something that 
none of us. It's the most precious commodity because we don't know how much time we have. Yep. And then, and then to carry on the F words, here's what I say to myself. No matter what you throw in front of me, attack the hill means um, the hill represents life, obstructions, obstacles, maybe uh, an addiction. Maybe it's an abusive relationship. It can be fucking anything. And this is my mindset. This is what has got me through life my entire with everything I've done now, you know, the TV, the movies, the podcast with Jason Redmond, the Overcome and Conquer show, working with Pedro's cooling, one of the most successful men in America. This is my mindset. You ready? It's not the, con- I mean, we're wearing my Conquer shirt because this is the political conversion of version of the seven points of performance to master you, but it's this simple. Fuck it. Fuck you. That's okay. what I say. No matter what happens, like, and you literally and- hold on. You literally, you had this, you finally came up with this or you started feeling and living this way at a young age is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. And through all the beatings, you know, eventually the pain becomes numb. It um, does. The emotion becomes numb. But the minute I looked in the mirror when I was 19, I remember because it was like raining out. It was cold. It was like the fall in, in Maryland. When I looked in the mirror, that's when I said, now when I say, you know, F it, F you, it's, Lily, I just said, fuck it. What am I doing right? What are you doing right? And then the F you was to myself going, man, you're better than this, you know? Um, and I, it just like flipped on a switch. And at 19, I just started becoming, you know, I was working roofing and not doing good in community college. And I was like, I had about six months to join the Navy. And that six months, my grades went up and I was, I, I got a promotion at work and and it's easy, man. It's it's just simple things that I live by, you know, and I've done this pre-seals. Like it's it's this simple. And you're a Marine, so you get this too, right? It's and here's my mindset. Like Bajos Cooling, when I applied for a job for Bajos Cooling, I showed up like an hour early. He's yeah. like, bro, it's another hour. Yeah, I'm good. I'll wait, you know, because I'm not hungry, B. I'm starving. And it's like this. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, it's mission it's mission uh, failure. And I just apply all the, the simple things that I learned from the military, but they actually were, I started them back at about, you know, I think probably at about 11. I mean, all the years that my father beat me, I, I think I started chipping away at it. It just took that one pinnacle moment when I looked in the mirror. And I mean, you know, I can't remember, Ozzy, what I had for lunch two weeks ago, but I can remember what I was wearing how that bath, how I, how I felt, how I looked, the smells in that bathroom like it was yesterday. It's one of those p- pivotal moments in your life when it's, it's literally, you know, you've heard it, shit or get off the pot. And literally, if I didn't get off the pot, I guarantee within six months, I would have been in jail or dead. Um, I joined the military because, you know, um, even during that, that time, um, we were going through a big rain spout, rain, you know, period of rain and I was doing roof and I couldn't get up on a roof and my mother was calling me a loser and I couldn't afford, you know, I had to borrow some money from her. And it's it just, you know, when you're, we're all animals in some form, you know, we're, we're primates and you can only kick an animal so far, put an animal, you know, you can only poke an animal so much before it's going to do one or two things. Um, it's going to attack, you know, or it's going to just let you keep doing it. And I attacked back, but the way that I attack back and what I say to everybody out there that has PTSD and people that are suffering is if you want to really make people, you know, like I like to make people eat their words. I love it. Like I'll give you an example. Ray, you have PTSD. You'll never be able to do this or that. You really, really. Okay. Now 
don't get me don't get me wrong there are much more severe levels of PTSD I'm talking about a guy who's got if you can relate to me with having traumatic um childhoods that's that's what I'm focusing on right here I want to make that very clear I'm not talking about my post time at the agency and and, and, and exactly. Let, let, let's try to get our listeners to, to actually feel into that, because I feel that we've been kind of skirting around it. I mean, I'm going to make you eat your words. Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of been asking you, what is it? What is it that, that you saw behind you? What I mean, and this is going to be a tough question, brother. But when you say childhood abuse, I mean, like, how bad was it, Ray? I wanted I want people to be able to relate to you. I mean, was your dad just coming home, dude, drunk and just you were the only fucking punching bag available, bro? Yeah, it was just me and him. And when he'd, when I, he'd catch me in a lie and like, just, it would, it was like a switch and he couldn't turn it off, you know, hitting me with things and bruising me up pretty bad. I mean, you know, I mean, it was bad. I mean, there were times when it got pretty bad, but uh, I loved him and I still love him to this day, even though he passed away. I, I knew, you know, maybe I'm making excuses, um, but uh, yeah, it was hard, man, you know, getting, you know, cause me and him, cause he was a womanizer. He had women coming in and out of his life. Um, but this is what I'll tell you. This is what I'll tell each individual that's, that's been mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, and sexually abused, right? Um, this is what I'll tell you. It's not your fault. This is what I tell people. This is what I tell every single person. I get emotional about this. But if, uh, sorry. It's all right, bro. Can, that's what this podcast is about, dude. I don't know if you see me. I'm fucking yeah. bawling here, dude. So, but if, um, it's like I have coaching clients <laughs> and they, you know, I have men, you know, we put on the project with Pedro's Cooley and men are telling me they've been sexually molested their entire lives. I mean, men of power and they've been beat and this, and we even had someone at a, one of my, one, another one of my coaching clients, clients was abused by his wife. I mean, it, it the shit that I hear is it's astounding and it, it it's just like, but, but the thing it's is, it's like astounding. I, it's astounding, brother. Look, it's astounding because nobody speaks about it, bro. Exactly. It's like, exactly. It's like when I finally started fucking talking about this in 2014, 2015, at first I got called out by guys in my unit, a pussy all the fucking time and comments on Facebook. Yeah. Dude, you're yeah. a fucking pussy, bro. This and that. It wasn't that bad. I'm like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? It wasn't that bad. I'm like, you blew a fucking lady's leg off with a 50 cow. Yeah. Like her fucking leg was gone above her knee, like just right above her knee. Wasn't that bad. Um, we shot up a fucking vehicle and then, you know, had to give this guy $8,000 check or whatever because we just destroyed it by mistake. I saw individuals die in front of me. Then, then when it comes to our friends and shit like that, you're going to tell me it's not that bad. So, yeah. you know, we get, and then the demand code and stuff like that, we get, we get fucking like uh, put in a corner where like it's bad to talk about this shit man and you know what i got fed up about it bro because like i said i didn't want to just touch i i guess to me i realized like I, I i love comparing it to jimmy hatch's book i didn't the dragon it's like yeah to me i just realized that this fucking dragon ain't going nowhere it's going to be here for the rest of my life man so i don't need to yep. just touch it i need to be able to fucking tame it and i need to yeah. be able to to say come here bud you know <laughs> and you well, it's it's funny you say that because the first thing that you need to be able to do with, you know, PTSD is real. That's what people need to understand. Yeah. And it happens. And, and it happens it's not on crazy. Levels. It's not. And here's what the first thing I tell people to do. You have to name it. You have to claim it and you have to tame it. That just like you said, so I'm not making this shit up. You know, that's the first thing I do. And this is what I tell people. One, you know, you're not, you're not alone. 
Okay, men and women suffer in silence because a lot of times people are embarrassed where they don't want to speak of the unknown. And the first strong thing I can tell people- Strong fucking men. Huh? Strong fucking men strong, suffer. Strong, yeah, strong. I mean, I was guilty of it for the longest time, you know? I and mean, so- I don't even want to name drop because he doesn't know me. I don't know him. But look at that guy, that actor, Terry, that big that big, uh, that big, uh, heavyweight lifter or whatever, that, that guy, Terry, I forgot his name, that he got molested. He got his balls grabbed by a fucking movie producer or some shit like that, you know? Oh, yeah. And yep. finally spoke yep. out about it, you know? It happens because it's real. people are embarrassed. So name it, you know, name it, claim it, tame it. That's the first thing you have to do. And the thing is, is what I tell people is people always live their lives by they have a superpower and they have a kryptonite or a weakness. PTSD is not a weakness. No. It's, it's things that have occurred in your life that have been traumatic that you have literally just bottled up inside. And what I tell people, what PTSD is this, a bottle can only hold so much. Yep. Right? You can only you can only put so much shit into something before it's going to what? It's either going to crack or explode, and that's what happens. And the thing is, is the reason why you know your podcast is, is so amazing is we're trying to help people. So you know that's what I tell people: name it, you know, claim it, and tame it. And then once you do that, you know, it's all about decision making one on one. Like I said, you know, if 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 you if this resonates with you and you think you have PTSD, don't be scared to ask for help, you know, reach out to me, reach out to Ozzy. Um, and then I always ask people, it's, it's as simple as this decision-making one-on-one ask, make, take. It's that simple. And now in the seal teams, we say, analyze, assess, execute, but I don't want to use the word execute when it's executing a, yeah. you know, a, a mission. It's, it's ask, make, take, ask, you know, what is the problem? What's going on with me? Okay. Like make the decision, Make the decision. Okay, I have PTSD, or I feel like I have, or something's not right. And then here's the key part, guys. This is the trick that no one does. You have to take action, and it's called speed of fucking implementation. Yep. You have to take action now because here's the thing: time is I precious. You said so now. That's right. That's right. It's it's a TST. It's a time sensitive target um, because what it is, it's it's a beast that's inside of you that it's like a locomotive and it's just going to take off. And the thing is, is you can control it. You just have to have sound help. You know, the VAs out there, um, there are tons of numbers that you can call counselors, hotlines. I tell people, you know, I've talked people off the edge many a times via DM, just like here, man, here's my number. Yep. But the one thing I want to tell people is, is you don't have to be a war hero to have PTSD. I want to repeat that. You don't have to be a war hero to be P- to have PTSD. It can happen from the smallest things that have been triggered in your life, you know, abuse. Um, I mean, they're actually saying now that people can get PTSD from severe bullying. I mean, I've been reading statistics on this where P- it haunts people. Um, I mean, I know, look, uh, look, let's, let's go back and, and I'm bringing it up because I mean, I was just telling you, you asked me, hey, can we jump on two? We were originally going to record at three, and you're like, can we jump on yep. two? I was literally in the middle, so now they got this whole online coursing. I hate this online college. I like going in yep. person, but I'm doing abnormal psychology now, and, I, and I've been doing all these other psychology classes. Let's go back to when how you said it. the beating started or the abuse started at such a young age that you started lying. Mm-hmm. So yep. it... If we take that and you can, if you would have continued with that route, that's a major PTSD effect that you have and, and, and a defense mechanism that you had that you put up that all you did was lie, you know? And, and, and I'll tell you what, it got to the point where it's, it might still be in us. It might still be in you because I asked you, Hey, you want to come on my show? And then you told me I don't got PTSD. 
I was like, all right, cool, dude. I was like, all right, if you say so. I mean, I don't, you know, but it's just a way to, it's a mechanism we create. And as PTSD does that, I know it it happens because my wife will say, hey, let's go here. And I'm already starting to come up with all these defense mechanisms. But uh, there's this and this and, you know, so, you know, go ahead, continue, man. No, it's just, it is a defense mechanism because, you know, I, and I'm a hypocrite with things because we even though are. I admit that, <laughs> even though I admit that I have it, I don't want to admit that I have it. You know, I don't want to admit. And why See, do you think is that, man? Is that because you think it's going to make you look weak or something, bro? No, I mean, no, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because I work with some of the baddest mofos on the planet who have it from war. I feel like a fraud because I have it because I was beat. That's what I used to feel like. I was a fraud because, you know, I was just abused. I was just mentally, physically, emotionally, socially abused. Um, You know, I know there's people that have been sexually abused and, you know, and I was like, well, how can that, how can that counterbalance going to war and seeing people die, which I've seen, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, man, it's pretty fucking traumatic either way. You know, it's just, it's what you've been exposed to. I mean, not everybody's going to, you know, I know guys that have, have seen Helen back in, in war, but they had a great childhood. So that's what I was going to tell you, bro. Look, dude, there's, I don't want to say that you're more prepared for it as an adult, but for instance, my eight year old son is already looking at things today. He's like, Hey, look what I'm watching. It was hilarious. He's like, look what I'm watching on TV, dad, my eight year old son. And I'm looking and it's uh, uh, Navy SEALs, right? On American History mm. Channel. I don't, remember, I don't know what it is. And all of a sudden Ooh. he's like, he paused and he goes, look. And he presses play and there's Jay talking. He's like, well, I got shot in the face. And this is that. I'm like, oh, so. So he's already being taught that, like, for instance. And then they showed an, uh, the, the portion of Black Hawk Down and the mission yeah. that, that was done with that. So he's already being shown that uh bodies are being american soldier bodies are being paraded through the news network he's already being told that this can be happening this and that so as an adult when shit happens you're kind of like okay i've expected shit to happen when this happens you know when a when the first domino knocks i expect a few others to fall so i think it's more normal as an adult but when you're a child it's not because you what are you used to you're not used to anything man you know, it's and, amazing what you can get used to, too. You know? And it was and second I, nature to me. Because, be. because, you know, I'm asking you this because, so this was from an early age until you were 11. And then at what age was it that you were sent to your mom at 11? 11. Yeah. So all of this happened to you at an early age when, in reality, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get like a, old school scientist here because I mm-hmm. think half of these guys are flawed and I'm, I'm out here now studying psychology because I want to prove some of them wrong and some of my theories, but you needed your mom's nurturing your mom's backup because it happens here. I get angry at my kids, this and that, and they run to mom and things kind of like then e- things kind of even out and, you know, in the life, you know, they got the good cop and the bad cop and whatever. Um, you just didn't have that at all. And then when, you finally, because I mean, dude, 11, I'm looking at my son, he's eight and he's mm-hmm. that's just a few years away. And I still think that's such a little kid. Then you finally get to your mom and you're telling me that she didn't care. You know, she's just a cold woman. Like we don't, we don't talk anymore. She's not very loving of me. You know, all the success that I've had, she's always wished that my sister who, you know, is my sister, but she has a different father. She's wishing I, you know, how can you bring her on? How can you do this? And, you know, I, 
I cut her loose because uh, and, and, years and, ago. And let me tell you, man, I, I, I remember hearing you speak about this. You yeah. know, yep. um, I believe you spoke about that at the uh, Conclave of Warriors. I did. It kills me and, because and, I was not going to let my daughter go through the same thing. And brother, um, I've done the same. And, and, and people don't understand that that's the action you got to take sometime. Yeah. You got to cut off blood blinds because yeah, trim the fat. that's it. It is. It is. I tell people, I mean, it is dragging you. It is. It is literally like cement buckets on your feet, man. Yes. Yep. It, it is. It's just going to it's quicksand. You're going to sink. And like I said, I have no problem with trimming the fat. You got to cut it loose. you know, let's use it for you warriors out there. You know, it's a, it's a wound that you can't, you got to control the bleeding, right? Yeah. Sometimes you got to throw a tourniquet on there. You may lose that arm, but it's going to, you're going to live. And that's what's, it's survival. And I was doing it for survival. You want something to slowly kill you? You want something to slowly kill you? Or do you want to just end it right now? That. So. Exactly. And, you know, so, all right. All right. All right. Cause I mean, we just jumped way far ahead because, all right. So, at 11, I mean, you, like we said, you got abused as a child, you know, your dad, yep. um, you know, you were the only one there. Eventually, finally you went to your mom's and then from 11 to 19, what was happening, man? Because you said you finally at 19 is when you made that decision to, to enlist or join. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, I guess my question is, <laughs> you know, cause this is the way I like breaking things down. How fucked up was it, bro? That you ran, how fucked up was this that you ran from this to join the SEALs? You get what what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, where did you equate that? Like, fuck, man, the SEALs is way better off life or this is a way better off route for me to go right now because this is just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I got to cut this leg off. Well, you know, it's a combination of things, you know, from 11 to the time I joined the military, I was just imploding on the inside. There was just a storm was building. And, you know, I was always, I've always been a physical cat, man. I'm very aggressive on the football field, great wrestler. And is awesome. that, that probably comes, I'm sorry, that probably comes from you taking the abuse, not being able to fight back, right? You had to, yeah, you had to, I, you had to release it somehow. Yeah, you have, yeah, I think that's where I could, uh, I, I could harness the anger and I could unleash it on people, you know, versus it was always being unleashed on me. But, you know, just from that time, you know, like I said, I didn't have, and again, I, I don't have nothing against my mother. She just wasn't the most supportive woman. Um, you know, Look, wasn't, we're not bashing anybody here. When I started yeah, this podcast, yeah. I told my wife, my mother, I told everybody, I go, listen to me. I need to do this because I feel great just talking and, Mm-hmm. Telling the truth, telling exactly what fucking happened to me, man. Look, I don't, I don't believe it might be in Jay's book, the Coke, but all of the situations that got me to the Coke and actually going on three day binges and the, 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 the final day that finally I was laying there and dude, it felt like I saw my heart, an actual fucking heart imprint coming yeah. out of my chest and yeah. I was just like, I can't do this shit no more, dude. I can't, you know, because I'm going to yeah. kill myself. And yeah. which ultimately was my goal. But I just, I don't know, man. It's like I told everybody, look, I'm not bashing you guys. I just want this to tell the truth. So straight up, man, I know we're not bashing your mother or anything. I just want individuals to be able to relate to you, man, and understand yeah. that life that you were going through, you know, because 
I we we spoke about it in messages, and I told you I think every individual that is super successful has yeah. had a fucked up upbringing or something traumatic in their life that has made them realize I can do so much more, man. Oh yeah, I agree. And you know, like you said, the, the question about why the SEAL teams. I thought I had in my mind one of the hardest childhoods, so I wanted to go for the toughest occupation I could. I was like, that's where that mindset came in. And everybody told me I couldn't do it. Everybody. You're never going to amount to anything. Christ, I had to take the ASVAB three times just to pass it to be able to go there. But I didn't let it stop me, right? I mean, you know, they say failure is not an option. Motherfucker, I fail every day. I just won't quit. I won't quit. I, did, I won't quit on myself. I don't, I, I don't understand how people can do that. You know, I, I don't. And, you know, and, you know, we lose so many, so many great vets. I tell people, you know, people tell me they're not quitters. They're entirely, I've had people that have told me I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. And then, then they're gone. Yep. Yep. Same you know, here. Same the here. Demon, the and, demon and, got and a hold now, of them. And now, I mean, the reason I really started this podcast, now it's happening with first responders, man. Um, oh, Yeah. More than you know. And now after this whole scenario that's going on right now, it's going to be happening with more with first responders and more with, you know, it's just, it's just more than, yeah, more than we know, man. I was doing the studies and the CDC reported that one in four police officers, one in four. So 25% of police officers has thought of suicide at one time or at one time in their career. Well, you know, times have changed. I mean, think about it. When we were kids, I mean, I'm 48. I'm 38. So yeah, I'm not that far. When you're a kid, when I, you know, police officers say something to you, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, yeah. ma'am, no, ma'am. Dude, I still get pulled over. I put my hands outside, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I'm to death. I don't touch anything. Yes, I have a, you know, I'll have a control, uh, concealed weapon. Here's my permit. Yep. Show me the weapon. I mean, dude, I kill them with kindness. And even if I get a ticket, you know what? It's my own fault. Yeah. But nowadays, no one, res- the, th- the reason why people don't respect police officers and they're having all these issues is because people don't respect themselves. Yeah. The people that are doing that, you know, people that, you know, I, I think I'm the guy that goes to the airport because I fly all the time. I'll see a pilot or a police. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Why? Yeah. I because mean, when I grew up, this is what you did. I mean, and then why? Like, you just yeah, that, flew a play with 300 people, yeah. lifted it up, landed it. Why? You deserve a fucking cup but, of coffee, man. <laughs> but, but their point is, my point to this is they're so, they're already in the defensive mode. Why? What do you want? I, I don't want anything. That's I just want to buy yes, a cup of coffee. Yes, that is the problem and then, with everybody. And then you see them, they kind of relax and it's like, yes, sir, I'm here. Thank you. I appreciate everything you do. And then, you know, cop topic comes up. Are you military? Yes. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then what are you doing? Creating a relationship, you know, and that's what I love. And I think people that, you know, that are suffering with this fucking demon, you know, the biggest thing that you need to do. And again, like I even, you saw how hesitant I was with coming on the show is you have to name it, claim it and tame it. Right. Um, with with Jason, I named it and I claimed it. I just by taming it means you know be willing to talk about it, be willing to expose it, be willing to talk to other people and get help about it because that's the one thing that you know it's constantly changing. I mean, I, I read statistics on PTSD. No two people on the planet have the same exact amount of PTSD because of the same exact thing. They don't. It affects Correct. every single person wrong and i love what i love is when people say oh you can't have ptsd because of a childhood fuck no yes you can yep that's, yes you can that's called comp it's c ptsd it's complex or yes yeah, complex ptsd complex so yeah. i'm learning about it now because it, it, there's a new study going out that a lot of veterans have complex ptsd because a lot of us have made that choice a lot of us have made that choice that 
you know, this isn't the lifestyle I want. And I probably need some order in my life. And I want the toughest decision in my life. Cause that was kind of like my thing too. You know, I was, I, I was bought up in that whole, the few, the proud and this and that they, they go first Marines go first. And so I was like, all right, you know what? I, I, that's the hardest boot camp. I'm like, let's do it. I'm 20 years old. Let's do it. So, um, I, that's the way I decided to do it. But mm-hmm. what, what, what else are you going to do to, to tame it? Like, you know, I'm just going to keep being the best version of me I can be. And I, I live my life by four non-negotiables, four things that I will not budge on family, fitness, finance, and faith. I got a tattoo on my hand. You know, I talk about it all the time. They're my four F bombs. I swear by them. I, and all I do in order to control the beast is I focus at doing one of those things a day, being the best. And let's, let's, let me just break it down. Father, right? I'm a father with the family. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. You know, I'm a son, but I really don't, I can't take it. I'm cousins. I try to be the best version of models of those I can fitness. Guys, this is the thing. Just going to the gym, working out is not going to help you. A lot of times, oh. I like to go out. I like to run, and I, I, I think. I'm you know, gonna, I use- uh, after this episode, I'm going to start drilling you on this, man. That's why I log on and I view you a lot. Yeah. That's my, yeah. and I told Jay, that's my real, real big struggle right now. It's the fitness, man. And yep. I'm unsatisfied oh. right now. I, I've lost a little bit of weight, but I'm still 212 pounds. I'm I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm six feet tall, but I'm just not happy, bro. I, I want to slim down. I feel heavy. I feel like I have a pack on right now. Yep. And the thing is, is just imagine, you, you know, I know you have PTSD. I know your history, but just imagine if we can put a check in one of those boxes that makes you feel positive about yourself, that that's a positive, man. That's going to help the equation, not fucking oh, hurt yeah. it, you know? You know, so there's family fitness, right? And fitness is from the inside, right? Meaning, you know, if you're a male, I'm just using males right yeah, now. Yeah. Go- Go to the doctor, get checked, get, get, you know, get your prostate checked, go get your blood levels checked. See if your chemicals are off. Yeah, like, make sure your pressure a, is good and stuff. Like, I had high pressure every, forever. Everything. And the thing is, is all the, all the things, the imbalancements are just going to help amplify the PTSD. So my thing is, is try to eliminate the things that are going to awaken the beast, right? That's what I do now. Um, so that's the, you know, fitness workout. I'm telling you people, and, and when you're working out, you have a strong heart, body, and mind. That's going to help you conquer that beast finance. Listen, guys, hmm. finance right now is taking its toll on everybody. Everyone. I but, mean, we are the lucky few that yes, we have our disability income and stuff like that. Yes. But not everybody lives on their disability income. We still have, you know, bills and we have other lives, not just lifestyles that we want to live. But I mean, the reality is that we've that we've developed for ourselves, that we rate ourselves already, you know, like we've worked hard for it. So, yeah, this is a real hard time. But go ahead and preach on this one, because I'm dying to hear this one. Well, you know, it's like this, guys. This is what I'm going to tell you. I'll give you an example. When this first coronavirus started, the first thing everybody did was they were like, stop, freeze everything you have. So I like called the bank and I said, listen, you know, I pay X amount of dollars on my my mortgage. Can I get something in writing? And they're like, listen, this is what the guy, his name was Doug. And he said, Ray. And I said, yes, sir. He goes, can I just be honest with you? I'm like, please. Cause we, I've talked to him before. He goes, dude, if you don't pay your mortgage in three or four months, do you think you're the only person that can't do that? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, the entire country is suffering. This yeah. isn't just you. This isn't going to be bank of America calling you. So they're doing what they can. Now the, the thing that sucks about it is eventually you're going to have to pay it back. I yeah. get that. But there are means that you can do to extend the money you're making. Like, you know, 
Credit card companies, I know, like same thing I called. Right now, I've been fortunate enough that I've pivoted from, you know, hands-on applications to online. If you're a co- right now, if you're a coach in any way, shape, or form, now is the time to become a coach because people are in need, yeah. you know, and for a fraction of the money, because here's what I'm telling you this right now. Like, I'll give you an example. Some of the courses I put on used to be like $25,000 and now they're like five or 10. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Five or 10 is better than a big fat goose egg. Yep. Um, you know, have we, and here's the thing, have we cut down on things? Yeah, but guess what? We're not doing a lot of the luxurious things we used to do. So right now, in the grand scheme of things, how things have, you know, shifted, I'm really not living any worse than I was because I'm still paying my bills. Um, But look at the positive on this, right? I'll give you an example. Finance right now, I get it as a whole is probably the thing that's hitting everybody the most. But if you're not reading more, if you're not educating yourself more with all this extra time you have, I was about to say, if you're not using that time that we talked about, that precious time wisely... That's why I got that tat- That's why I got this and, tattooed on my hand. And people, you want me to talk about? I'm going to talk to you about using how much I I like to use my time wisely. When I'm listening to podcasts or documentaries or stuff like Audibles, I'm listening to them at 1.5 or at 2.0 speed because yep. I could listen to more of them within an hour or two than I could, you know, at normal speed. And, and I'm all about utilizing my time. It's, I used to drive and listen to music. Yep. Same songs that I've heard a thousand times. Now I put something in and I learn. I record things on my phone, meetings and stuff on the voice memos, and I just play them back. Whenever Bedros Cooley wants to talk to me about business, hold on. Because I used to text and it used to drive him crazy. He's like, dude, are you listening? Yeah, I'm writing. He goes, let me show you this little app. <laughs> and I just hit it and I record it record. and I play it over. So, and then guys, faith, here we go. Faith. I'm not talking religion. Now, this is, Jason the, fourth, and this I, is the fourth F, right? Fourth F bomb, family, fitness, finance. This is faith. And here's the deal. Jason Redman and I, I will speak. We're both Christians. We go to the same church, but that's not what I'm talking about. Faith is the ability to believe in you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is what I'm going to tell you. If you're a vet, if you've been, if you've dealt with pain in your life, this is what I'm going to tell you. And I want you, I'm going to look at you all right now as you're stronger than you think. All right. If you're still here and you've been in traumatic situations, it's because it wasn't your time. You were, And this is what I think. Everybody was put on this earth to serve in some form or some capacity. And it, it's going to take you a lifetime to figure it out because this is what I tell people. Now, I know you got to be careful with this with, um, with PTSD, but this is the one thing I did to help me with my PTSD. I was told to write my eulogy. I went, wait a minute, PTSD. You know, that's a touchy subject. They're like, no, I want you to write your eulogy. And I did. And I want you to be honest. This is Pedro's Kulian. This is, this is all him. I'm giving him credit pops. Cause you don't have to be a Navy SEAL to teach a Navy SEAL show. No, you don't. He goes, you write your name, you write your eulogy. And I read it. He goes, now close it up. Don't look at it. We waited a day. He goes, I want you to open that up and I want you to read it to yourself. And I did. He goes, do you like what that eulogy says? I said, fuck no, I don't. He goes, well, guess what? This is what I can tell you, Ray. PTSD or not, all the shit you went through as a child or after the SEAL teams with the agency, this is what I'll tell you. Average person has 24 hours a day and there's 24 hours in a day. Average person sleeps six to eight hours. You have 14 hours, Ray, to change shit right now. Whether that means going to get help, whether that means you know exercising more, doing this, doing that, to the point where literally I have ordered something. This is what I'm doing. That's why I put this tattoo on my hand recently. This is a, this is coronavirus 19 tattoo. Okay, I was going to ask you because I hadn't seen that one. I saw the, no. the project one that you guys did on, on the other hand, Yeah, but yeah. I hadn't this seen is, that one. 
This is fresh. I ordered something. It's called, I think it's called 4,000week.com. It is a bubble, a bubble test. Uh, You give them how old you are when you were born and it fills in the bubbles and it shows you the average of how long a person is going to live on life. And every day I'm going to fill out another fucking bubble because this is what I know. I've lived according to the standards now, two thirds of my life. And I'm not happy where I am. And you're I've four, acknowledged. You're 48. I'm 48. Okay. They say the average person right now, male, is going to live. They and again, I'm rough. I'm around. They're they're saying around 80 years old, which I think it's older. Because here's the same. I think here's it the is same too. thing I'm going to do. F it, F you. I'm going to live longer because I'm taking care of myself. But all I'm doing is, and I'm literally going to put it on this wall behind me that you can't see, so I can look at it every day. It's coming today. Um, I am going to utilize. And maximize my time. Now, let me give you an example. For people that have PTSD, how can you maximize and utilize your time? Accept that's, that you may have PTSD and go try to get help. That's it. it Face the matter. facts. That's it. That's what I tell everybody. You cannot, you cannot overcome or begin to start. You're never going to overcome PTSD. It's going to be a part of you. And the longer that you've waited to get help, the worse it's going to be. Because I waited 10 years for it or something like that. And it's like it took forever for me. And it's still taking forever for me. But the sooner you do it, the better. But the, the reality is you got to come to terms with it. That's it. Yes. And I'll tell you the one thing that I refuse to do to a point is, and again, I know there's there's different severities of PTSD. I want to make that very clear yeah. when I say this. I'm talking about my level. I am trying to find natural, natural, natural stimulants to help me fight that animal. I've been starting to do breathing exercise and stretching. I know some people go, that's fucking corny. Let me tell you Uh, what, I thought it was corny. It's not controlling your breathing, controlling your thought process, um, programming yourself. It's all about, I, I, you know, I talk about that with Concord. It's about programming yourself. Most people and what I don't like, and again, I'm not hitting, I, I love the VA, but Giving people a bunch of pills to fix something is not all you're doing is causing another problem. Yep. Because yeah, side effects. That's, <laughs> that's right. Because what happens is, is they go from this dull numb because that's what PTSD feels like, at least to me, to in heightened senses because they're going to give you this or this or this to make you feel better. Well, guess what? Drugs are like motivation. You're going to come off of them eventually. When you come off of them, you're going to want them again and again and again. So you have to learn how to self-medicate yourself, right, from different aspects, mental, physical, emotional, social, spiritual, to make this happen. Now, I understand, you know, have a bad, and this is something else I tell people, get a dive buddy, get a battle buddy, right? If you have PTSD, find somebody that's near you and get an accountability coach that'll help you. Yes. You know, I'm huge on that. Like, And I mean, call people, you know, if you have an accountability coach, you know, and you have an issue, call them. And I mean, I have what, like one or two people that are on my, my list, no matter what time they call, they have a special ring. I keep my phone on for that. And I am there. Leave them on your favorites. (laughs) It's right. It's a commitment. It's a lifetime commitment because this is what I'm going to tell you. PTSD doesn't just go away. It doesn't. You can, you can suppress the, the beast, but the beast is always there. And the smallest things can trigger it. You know, and that's the thing why, is, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's why, that's why I've said it, man. And I, and, and, and I swear I'm going to talk to Jimmy. He's gonna have to give me some sort of credit or something. Dude, when, <laughs> when I compare it, it's since it's not going to go away. Yeah. I've already 
I've written, I've learned now to use that energy or use whatever triggered me right now, and yep. I'll ride the dragon. And since I have it tamed, I can control its power. Yes. That's how I want. I'm, try, I'm trying to break it down so people can understand what I'm trying to say. I have got now grabbed whatever the trauma or triggered me that's not going to go away. And I know that every time that it triggers me, it's going to come in this form. And I will grab it, write it, and say, "What? Well, this is what we're going to fucking do with it, you know? And if yep. and if you think about it, this is going to be, you're going to be episode 16 for this podcast. I started this shit 16 weeks ago because it was a big trigger for me. I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, with this whole everybody at home shit and everything. I'm used to being home, you know, but so what did I do with it? I grabbed it, and I was like, let's fucking do this podcast. Let's go. Yeah. So. Go ahead, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think for people that have PTSD right now and they're sitting home and they've got nothing. That's to do, the worst. You, you got to create movement. You yes. got to move. Right. I tell people the only thing you're going to get from sitting on a couch is extra unwanted pounds on your ass. Get up. Even if it's. And I mean, the thing the, is, is like if you're alone, reach out to me. But if you have family, we started doing like, let me let me tell you what COVID-19 means to me. I'm a child again because I, when I was a child, yeah. I couldn't afford to go out to eat. I literally, we have horseshoes and we have now because, you know, you got to be careful with the lawn darts. We still have lawn darts yeah. and we do the um, cornhole. Yep. Me and, me and my family, we walked, walking is therapeutic. Doing anything, um, cr movement is therapeutic. If you're sitting around by yourself, I, I, I cannot stress this enough. There is nobody on the planet that has no one, no one. You can go out and meet somebody and join groups even now they, the groups their ptsd groups right now that i think are more in tune than they ever were because you know this is this is a depressing time we're going through but you said you said something that's important movement movement I, I just did a webinar with jay for eagle rise about um you know showing our talents and how we can relate to covid and that's exactly yes. what i brought up that that was right there was what i brought up i was like for two and a half years when me and my wife split up in 2011 December 2011, January of 2012, my son was six months old. I was pounding alcohol, like hard alcohol. Like there was no tomorrow. She asked me to leave. I quarantined myself from the world for two and a half years. I said, fuck it. Everything is stressing me. Everybody is stressing me. I, I, got, I had a suspended license. I left it suspended. I told him, come pick up my fucking car because I'm not paying it anymore to the bank. I stopped driving. I went into an, a one-bedroom apartment and quarantined myself forever. I sat down. And this is why I've learned movement is important. I sat down and stopped movement. But the one thing that never stopped was my head and my brain. And mm. that kept going and going. And now I had, I was so bored that I just kept on thinking about the really bad things that were fucking with me and stuff like that. Yep. And I couldn't now push them away. So I preached about movement in this webinar, this 10-minute webinar, because I started doing research on it. And I want you to start, maybe start using this in it. Dude, some of the biggest CEOs... Mm -hmm. All right. Conduct walking meetings. Steve yes. Jobs conducted walking meetings for Apple. Mark Zuckerberg is known to conduct walking meetings. The, the, the juices start getting you flowing. Now, whenever I'm FaceTiming or whenever I'm doing our Overcome Army with Jay, the Wednesday meetings, I'm usually in my backyard with my phone in my hand. And I know it's so unprofessional to Zoom that way. But the thing is, if I sit down like I'm doing right now in a podcast, at least I'm excited right now. I'm into the I've kind of already realized that this is the podcast mode. You have to sit mm -hmm. and record and you have everything here. But if you notice, I'm moving my hands. I'm moving my upper body. I'm. 
it just gets me going. And the movement of is course. so important, man. Yeah, look, look there's and my phone. I mean, and, and you could have you could have things help you. My my watch just let me stand up, you know, because I'm sitting too long. I use these alerts. I added the alerts more where the breathing ones, like you said, breathing exercises. Yes. I mean, there's nothing gimmicky about these things. I, you know what I use a lot and I forward a lot to everybody is the grounding techniques. I don't know if you've heard yes. about them, you know, the, yep. the one to 10, 10 to one, find yep. something you could touch, something you could taste. I mean, stuff like that. It, it's very real. Yeah. Every, you just got to figure out what works for you. Whereas, you know, happy Gilmore, your happy place, whatever yep. you want to call it. Um, you know, but it's just so important. And a lot of people that are dealing with PTSD, that can't control it. They lack structure too. Like I, yep. I try to tell people come up with the structured POL pattern of life, right? Get up the same. I get up the same damn time I did before before COVID nineteen as I do now. That's I actually crazy. get up a few minutes earlier because I know I, I like I get up and work for a couple hours and I hit the gym at a certain time and I come back and work. Like today, I, I scheduled out the stuff because I got to get back to work. You know, I, I stay busy. You know, like and, and when I run out of shit to do, I've I've mowed my my neighbor's lawns. The best thing that someone with PTSD or someone who's looking for instantaneous uh, results can do. You ready for this? Get a vacuum or a lawnmower and vacuum the lines, make them straight. And same thing with mowing lawn. Just go out and that's the thing. Help people out. Like there's a lady next door whose husband's deployed. I'm going to mow her lawn again. It kicks my ass. I hate it. We got big lawns. I don't care because I hope that if something were to happen to me, that someone would do the same thing in return, you know, cause that's just how we are. You know, well, even though I'm is, a hunter, the, the thing is you're doing that because you've already been in the position, Ray, where shit has happened to you. And nobody has yep. been there for you. You were I a agree. fucking, you were a kid and nobody's and I, been there for you, bro. You know yeah, what I'm and saying? I don't, yeah. And I don't want to be, I don't want to treat people the way I was treated, you know, learn from your mistakes yep. and just, you know, I, I always try to reverse engineer something. <laughs> I mean, look if what I, you look, I've seen the, the, you're always constantly posting pictures of your, your kids, your daughter specifically and her, all her achievements. Um, you're, you're saying exactly right now what you just did. Uh, you're doing the opposite of what your father did with you. Yep. You know? I got to be careful with that now because now me and my daughter on all these damn dating sites, people are sick. They they use that to, to lure women in. So <laughs> Dude, I was about to, to I was it. about to send you another another Raymond Walter or whatever the fuck this guy's name is now that just popped up on my Instagram that has your picture on it. Please do. So. Yeah, because it's just crazy. I just... You know, and I, that's what I tell people. Be you. Be the best version yes. of you can be. And I don't know why the hell anybody would want to be me. And that's be why someone. I mentioned, that's why when I give the analogy to try to break it down Barney style for people that are listening, I give the yeah. mirror, the mirror analogy because in the mirror, you can see you, man. Even if you're wearing yep. a fucking costume, you can still see you. Yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. You're, you're killing it. I, there's nothing I can say. You're saying it all. <laughs> Man, I'm trying here, dude. That's what I tell everybody. That's another thing I tell everybody. Don't ever say thank you when somebody says, hey, you're kicking ass, this and that. No, just say I'm trying. Because That's right. if you say I'm trying, I think it's going to ignite somebody else to say, well, fuck, dude. If this guy's not taking acceptance or gratitude for this fucking awesome job he just did, and he's just calling it trying, I'm fucking really slacking, dude. I need to start trying then in life. That's why See, I, I always tell- say I'm trying. And I go harder than that. I tell people, my coaching clients, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I tell them, stop telling me you're trying and tell me you're doing. Do. Do, do it. Do it. I'm doing it. Yeah. You're doing it. Execute it, right? Trying to me is like, 
uh, I'm, th- I'm going to try to talk to that girl, but I don't know. I mean, and I'm not, I, I just, t- two different ways to look at the glass, half empty or half full. No, I'm doing it. I'm going to go talk to my wife. I'm going to go introduce myself to her. And then guess what? Two kids later, here I am. Yeah. I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. You know, I, I love it. You know, I love people's mindset. Hey, Mr. Ray, I want to be a Navy SEAL, but did you say, but yeah, but what happens if I don't make it? I don't know, motherfucker. I didn't quit. I, I don't know. I only know what happens. If you want to know what it's like to be a SEAL, I can tell you. If you want me to tell you what it's like to come from nothing, a guy who pretty much was living paycheck to paycheck in a car to make it a whole lot of money, I can help you. Yeah. If you're looking for a guy that changed his life around to a woman who is going to divorce him and now she loves him, I can tell you. Yeah. But quitting, I'm not your guy. I can't. I can't tell you. And I won't. Is. And I won't quit. I won't quit. Um, I won't quit others. And more importantly, the best thing I can tell people that PTSD is don't quit on yourself, please, please. You you know, just don't. Don't. You're okay not. Listen. Yeah. Out. People. I'm glad you brought this up. People are always thinking that you're doing someone else a favor. Like, for instance, I'll bring up the previous interview I had with Nicole Condry. She mentioned mm-hmm. it, that Ron would constantly say to her, I'm holding you back. I'm holding you back. Dude, you're not. You're not holding anybody, female, male. If you're going through the dark, the darkest of darks right now and you want to yeah. just think that you're going to end it because you're putting everybody in a dark scenario, you're just going to make it worse. You're not helping anybody at all. So. Yeah. Stop thinking that way because the 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 only way you're gonna help anybody else is by like we said looking in the mirror, accepting it, and taking action, and 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 saying I'm I gotta fix this shit. I love it. I love it, brother. I love it. <laughs> this is weird, man. I've never had these awkward, silent moments, man. I, well, and I didn't expect know, them. I didn't expect them from you. <laughs> well, it's because you're you're hitting home, man. I mean, I. You know, you can only hit one one ball out of a park at a time. I mean, I love everything you're saying, brother. Same it's, here. That's why you know, I, that's why I've been dying for you to come on the show because, like I said, my first introduction to you was here in my hometown, the conclave at that at that conclave, and I was it was actually my intro, amazingly it was my first introduction to you, my first introduction to bedrolls in my life and stuff yep. like that because Jay was like, hey man, I'm here. I don't know if you want to come. I, I got you a seat, so I went and I, you know, I, I heard your story and I saw your. It was just like I tell people, there are certain people that have that energy that it's you want some of it, you know, and I saw you. And that's why I said I log on every time I see you're on. I was like, let me let let me get on this guy because I want to find out how it is that he has that energy at four in the morning or what it is that he's doing at five, whatever time you just went live. And then you're doing it again, like at three. And then you're doing it again, like at eight or nine. And you're like, well, I I want that. I want some of that, you know? Yeah. But what you're getting now is me and un uncharted waters that's I know. why I'm, I'm cautious this is this is hard this is hard for me but you know i'm all about learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable and i don't you know? and, and i'll be honest man we've been at it for 58 minutes and i still don't think you've gotten uncomfortable with me i honestly 100 still don't think you have you you've done you we've spoken a lot on it you know um and i and i believe a lot of people could relate i just yeah. i look at you dude and i could tell that there's just there's just certain things man that you've they're just certain things, dude, that they're that they're just so bad that you don't want to bring them up. And I totally respect you for that, you know, and I, and that's what I want individuals to understand, that there is yeah. certain things that you don't ever want to bring up that, you know, are in you or, or were part of you. But use them, man. Use them yeah. to 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 go forward, to continue moving, you know, you don't. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. Yeah, man. I mean, this is it's tough, but, you know, and I'm I'm 
but you know, it's baby steps, right? I'm yes, doing, sir. I'm doing, I'm doing right now. And it's, I, I hope this message message resonates with people because, you know, it, I'm out of my shell. You know, normally I'm the motivator, the educator and the decimator. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been on a lot of fucking pot. I've been more scared to get on this podcast than any podcast I've ever been on <laughs> because we're del- we're delving into things that, you know, even though I've learned how to somewhat suppress, I'm not comfortable speaking with you. And it's, it's, and it's just because, you know, when my best friend's been shot eight times and my other friend's been shot, you know, Mike day 20 sometimes and Marcus Luttrell's my good friend and Rob O'Neill, yeah, and you know, all, all these, these people, correct. And so I don't want to, I try not to compare what I have you can't, brother. to them, but it's just different. You know, PTSD is, has many different faces, yes. you know, many different phases, man, but the symptoms and the, it has many different, it has many different ways that you can get it, man. But the way that you, the way that it goes through your body, through your, 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 your heart, the way that it drains you, it's the same. And, and, and I, and I, and I see it. I have some people that'll sometimes give me an angry comment or something. And I'm like, Oh, I know what stage you're in right now, dude. You're just fucking we want to punch everybody in the face. Everybody's an asshole. You're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong, you know? And, and then I go talk to the guy and I'm like, what happened to you? And he's like, nothing, you know, uh, I was molested. And I was like, oh shit, I thought you were a combat vet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's just so relatable. And that, that's why it was so important to bring you on the show. And because I want individuals to be able to say, all right, fine, man, this guy is childhood because even though we didn't go into detail, 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 but, if you can't put together that you had an abusive father to the age of 11 where he passed away, womanizer. So yep. it was a revolving door. You were a punching bag. And at 11, you went over, you know, to your mom's that at the po- didn't want you or didn't, you know, just didn't properly take care of you. And then you finally, you know, turned things around. That's where I want. That's why it's so important because people can relate to that. And the, the part where people can't relate to is where you ultimately turned it around with the accelerator, with your foot fucking balls to the wall, you know, however they say metal to the pedal or pedal to the metal. I mean, you became a SEAL, mm-hmm. made a career out of it, went to the agency, did that, and then now you are literally inspiring people, moving people. You've done, you know, movie things and you've done TV shows. So... That's the part where people can't relate to that they can't relate to yet. They don't realize that they can relate to it is what I'm trying to say. You know, they don't realize that they've been through that same trauma. Well, then fuck, you can do it too. That's right. That's what I was going to say. If I can fucking do it, you can do it. Yeah. You know, it's just, you just got to have that front side focus. And you know, it's, I tell you what, if this is what I'm going to say, and I don't know how this is going to sound. If I didn't have the childhood I had, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Yep. So my point is, is I take my kryptonite, just like we talked about at the beginning, and I made it my superpower. My superpower is when I walk into a room, I am mentally stronger than you because I have been to darker places than most people have. Post-SEAL teams, pre-SEAL teams, definitely. Yeah. I have been mentally, physically, mostly, and other, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's been a lot of abuses that I've dealt with, yeah. um, and they've made me who I am. And I've learned from them. And instead of carrying on that fucking tradition, I decided at 19 that no more, no more. I wasn't going to be, you know, a fucking kicking post anymore. I wasn't going to be, you know, bullied anymore. I wasn't going to, you know, I actually did that earlier. You know, I used to, I went to a rough school. It was, you know, my school was either beat up, get beat up or beat, beat them up. And it was like, look, 
here's the deal. I started playing sports. I started lifting weights. I started getting bigger, faster, and stronger. I started realizing that, you know, if, if you don't want to talk, then I'll talk. And, you know, but I had to learn how to control that, suppress that, you know, that PTSD that I had. Because literally when I'd start hitting people, I would think about all the times I was getting hit and I'd start, I'd start working fucking people over. Yeah, you black out. <laughs> so, um, this is what I will tell you guys. Um, no matter what you've experienced in your life, if it's been hard, if it's been traumatic, you could and probably have some form of PTSD. You're not alone. Um, it, I'm not going to say it's, it's curable, but it's controllable. I don't know if there's really a cure um, that I've learned of, but I do know that it, it can be controlled. Yeah. It has to be controlled delicately. And by you. And, and yes, and by you. I, I try not, like I said, I believe in self-medication. Uh, um, maybe not at the beginning, but again, you know, Anything can be used. Anything can be abused. Yeah, I've done it all, man. I listen. I have done. I've done the coke. Yeah, I've done. Coke. The, I've done the alcohol. I've done. The, um, I've even visited one of your guys, uh, Doctor Sean Mulvaney. He's a seal, okay. I believe. Uh, he gave Jay his. He, this guy's a seal. He gave Jay his SGB shot, and I got okay. an SGB shot from him up in Virginia and Baltimore. Yep. Or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I've I've tried it all, man. And at the end of the day. The shot, yeah, helped me for like immediately for the, 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 the calming me down. But I started realizing it's not going to work unless I make it work. Yeah, I think I think the best the best remedy to anything like this is it's just structure, accepting that you that something's not right, asking for help, getting help and then surrounding yourself with people. Um, of a positive mindset and influence that can help you because again, you know, you can you can take a shiny penny and you can fucking put it in the dirt. If it stays in the dirt long enough, it's going to get dirty or you can, or you can get that penny and surround it with other, other shiny pennies. It's going to stay shiny. It's going to want to be even shinier. So that's my message to everybody. I hope this helped. I mean, it's been amazing. I, I, yeah. I and I always tell people my DMS are open. If you need help, um, I'll How's do that? what I can. If I can't help you, I'll definitely push you to someone who can Ozzy or other, other facilities. I was about to ask you. So, um, I know you're doing, you do the, the conquer, the overcome and conquer podcast with, with our brother Jay. Um, yes, what else are you doing, brother? Um, I want to, oh, I want man. people to be able to follow you. I want to be able to people to understand, hey, you know what? I mean, obviously this guy has a, a, a path away because that's why I love your shirts. That's why I love your mindset because I, yeah. to me, what conquer means, and I know that it means something, but to, it's an acronym, correct? But to me, yes, it is. to me, what conquer means, it's actually the word. I have to conquer my brain. I have to conquer my emotions. I have to conquer my, my feelings and conquer them and control them. So that's what it means to me. And I love it, you know? Um, but, but what are you doing, man? So you, I want people to be able to find you. you first and foremost, we can find you at Ray cash care. Yeah. Ray cash care on Instagram. You can hit me up at, uh, well, my Facebook I actually have a blue check because everybody's been stealing yeah. my picture at Ray cash care, former Navy seal LinkedIn cash care. More importantly, if you like the swag or the apparel, www.frogmindset.com. But my true passion and what I do now is I have, I do two things with Bedros Koulian. Um, we work what's called LTD with Steve Eckhart, myself. He's the Marine seven figure entrepreneur. We go around to companies and businesses and we work with them on the four pillars of success, teamwork, problem solving, leadership, communication, uh, the four F bombs. And it's a hands on physical slash non physical. We can, it's customizable. Um, we've done it with some of the biggest companies in America, all the way down to mom and pop shops. Um, we break it down anywhere from, we can do as small as two hours to two days of an instructional training. And then 
the Mac Daddy of them all. And right now, this is for ladies only. It's called The Project. It's 75 hours, fully immersive course, specifically designed for men who are suffering in silence with mental, physical, emotional, social, spiritual, and even sexual um, issues that they've had in the past where we break them down um, to the bear. It's kind of a, it's a runoff of buds, basic underwater uh, demolition where we break men down um, and we break them down hard. Not, not, you know, it's more of the emotional, social, and spiritual physical is easy. And then we build them back up and we teach them how to be better versions of themselves. And then when they graduate, um, they have to ask permission to get a tattoo. And then you're part of a brotherhood that looks out for each other for the rest of um, your life. So, And where can this one be found? (laughs) Well, I have official websites, but the best way that you can do it is just DM me at Ray Cash Care and I will definitely hit you right back up. Um, I, I answer every single one of my DMs. That's at, at Ray Cash Carry. DM me if you're interested in the project or LTD, and I will hook you up. I even give free workouts out if people want that. Just DM me, and I'll give you anything you want. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ray. Thank you for giving me your time, dude. Um, I'm glad we did this, and we're definitely going to have to do another episode where we have you coming back on talking about a little bit more and you know, maybe we'll bring in other guests as well. So, and uh, maybe even bring in bedrolls one day and talk about more about this project. Cause this is something that I think some of my listeners could definitely, definitely benefit from. Yeah. And we give huge discounts for vets, obviously, obviously cause my heart vets and first responders. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Post Traumatic Survival Podcast. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll receive notifications from us as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We certainly appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. We appreciate you and them. Until next time, survivors.